Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Gensel has scored twice for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are in a 2-2 tie with the New York Rangers with four and a half minutes left in the second period. Capitals and Panthers 1-1 after one. Wilson and Bennett, the goal scorers. Predators and Avalanche start in an hour. Stars and Flames start in an hour and a half. Tomorrow here on 6.30, Ched, Oilers and Kings face-off show at 6. Game will start at 8. Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer with the call. Of course, Cam Moon, Rob Brown, John Shannon will join me on the face-off show. I believe our uh, alum tomorrow was Luke Gazdick. I think he's going to be in town, so that'll be great to uh, catch up with Luke. We may have a couple other very special guests as well, which will be cool to see. I'm live in the Elks locker room tonight as the CFL draft is uh, underway. The most recent pick was Nathan Cherry, defensive lineman out of Saskatchewan, goes to the BC Lions. The Edmonton Elks are currently picking. So as soon as I uh, see that, I will let you know who they've uh, selected. The Elks had the number one overall pick. They traded that to Montreal, and as expected, they took linebacker Tyrell Richards out of Syracuse. The Elks picking fourth and also picking eighth they got the eighth pick because of a trade they made with hamilton uh yesterday and then at the moment the elks do not have a pick uh in the say uh in the set well they have a territorial pick i guess late in the second round just going to be 19th so uh, and then they have the first pick of the third first the third round at uh, 21st so a couple storylines to keep an eye on there got an email here from the uh big l by the way you can get in touch uh, 780-496-0063 is the uh, phone number for any sort of phone communication you can email inside sports at 630 ched.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. The Big L says, hey, Reed, it's funny how most people are reacting to Smith's cough-up. Had Koskinen done that, he'd likely be run out of town. Smith is given a lot of rope by the organization and most fans. Uh, not a big fan of him overplaying his position. He better deliver. Well, what a discussion point it is with Mike Smith, isn't it? Um yeah, I, I'll tell you what, Big L. I, I'm not sure if the either goaltender had a lot of rope about 45 games into the season. We, we did a lot of discussion about do they have to make a trade? Who could they realistically trade for that was an upgrade? I think the answer was nobody in terms of a realistic trade that was an upgrade. Um, there probably would have been some trades that might have been a lateral move or a take-a-chance type move. And we had a lot of discussion about do you just play Stuart Skinner more? And there were points in the season when I felt that way. I, I think Smith, quite frankly, earned his rope, given the fact that he had a 941 save percentage since the middle of March. I might be rounding off a little bit there. I know I had it in my notes for last night. Um, so I, I think to some extent he earned 
that rope and down the stretch he was a better goaltender than Miko Koskinen. Does he overplay his position? That's how he plays his position. He made a bad decision where to put the puck last night. Smith is the uh, rare goaltender where you have honest discussions about his puck management in a game. And he made a bad decision there to put it up the middle. Again, he recovered and made the save, but then the Oilers were absolutely in runaround mode and uh, no got the deflection. So, I, I, Big L, I think you make an interesting comment. I think you make a defensible comment. Um, I think I probably see it from a slightly different perspective, but I, I do always, uh, as always, appreciate your communication. 7804960063. Kellen, you got anything? Yes. Uh, we got a text in from Leslie saying, Are you going to tweet out a picture of the Lysol wipes? I want to see the size of this thing. Uh, I, well, I put one on Instagram. Yeah, I can tweet something out later on. If, if people, uh, well, I'll just leave. I, I think, Kellen, I hope, hopefully people realize there may be a little bit of hyperbole in some of my comments. Hmm? Maybe we'll one of the, do one of those weird perspective photos where it seems like it's actually bigger than. Yeah, shoot it from we'll the ground. Try up. To, we'll try. We'll try to do that. Yeah, we'll shoot it from the, or it'll be close to the camera and I'll be far away. But we'll try and I'll put my hand so it looks like it's under it, holding it up. What movie had the monolith from like the ground up shot? And it was like the big. Oh, Space monolith. Odyssey. Yeah, there we go. Space exactly. Odyssey. There we go. Yes, yeah. uh, I did. I I didn't put the wipes on. Here's the thing. My Twitter account is quite dull. It's generally work-related. Here's what I'm doing. Here's some news about the Oilers. Here's some news about the Elks, maybe some other news. Um, and we got shows coming up and all those types of reminders. I, I do a little bit more, um, I don't know. My, my Instagram account, I play a little more, but even that's fairly soon. But there is a picture of the wipes on my Instagram account. There we I'm go. Glad, I'm glad people are concerned about the wipes. <laughs> I got to say, as you know, my my mother is sort of a supporting character on this show. Uh, by the way, my mom was uh, not in a good condition last night, Kellen. And to every, everybody else, if I don't know if you have a nervous family member that just, I mean, they love sports. She she loves sports. She loves the Oilers. She loves the Elks. And she's also very much defined by the teams and players she disliked. Mm-hmm. Last Mother's Day, I did a list of my mother's uh, top five most disliked athletes, and Zach Hyman was on the list. He will not be on the list this year. I'll have to update it this weekend. Um, but my mom was texting me during the game last night, and it's like one nothing L.A., and she's just like, well, too bad, going to get wiped out tonight. And I'm like, Mom, it's, it's one nothing. Like, it's it's Okay. And then it's and then it's like two two and she's like okay maybe have a chance and then Lemieux scores oh well close it was fun while it lasted I'm like well the playoffs aren't over because it's three two Kings halfway through the second period of it's game okay one. Of, of game one it's 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 okay but I was like mom it's th- these and she knows this she's watched sports all her life I mean both my parents are, are are pretty big sports fans my mom is actually more emotional about sports than my father. Um, so I said, Mom, you, you got to be prepared for this. All the games will be tense. And I get this very terse text back, don't like it. Like it to be 5 nothing." It's like, okay, Mom, all right, well. I, I mean, it's just a point where you, she just, she's got to roll with it, I guess. you just got to let Mom roll how she's going to roll. And she's just going to be tense. And I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. It is, it is beyond my control. As Jay Woodcroft will say, I'm keeping my focus small. So when I'm at Roger's place, there's only so much I can do to, to manage Louise Wilkins' emotions. Mm-hmm. That's the it. Edmonton Elks have taken Enoch 
McConzo out of Coastal Carolina, fourth overall. He is a linebacker. He is five foot eleven. Is he is one hundred and ninety five pounds? So we'll try to find out more about him as we move along. G. Roy Simon might join us. If not, David Morley will come down and fill us in on what's going on uh, with the draft for sure. Uh, incredible opening last night. The fans, of course. I, I was texting some friends during that opening, and I said it is bedlam in here. Great opening video and presentation by the Oilers. The fans were into it, loud chanting, roar when the Oilers came out onto the ice. Uh, a lot of emotion, but maybe that hurt the Oilers early. I, I don't know if they channeled all their emotion in a positive direction. I do think they ran around a little bit and made some uncharacteristic errors. Uh, Jay Woodcroft was asked about the emotion today. Well, I think you want your team to play with emotion. You want uh, you want controlled emotions. Um, I think for us, you know, we we'd like to start the game better than we did. I thought we gave up a chance 11 seconds into the game off just a kind of broken play and broken coverage. Um, and then we found ourselves on the penalty kill immediately. So, you know, you look up at the, the shot clock and it says eight shots, you know, on net and you feel that way. But most of those chances, shots came from the outside. That's a tactic of the other team is to try and shoot the puck to break you down and, and lead uh, to... Uh, second and thirds I thought um, you know you want your team to play with emotion but as I said you want it controlled and uh, you want to make sure you're playing towards your identity and your structure that's what's got us to this point yeah, I'm not sure it was always controlled emotion by the Oilers last night, especially early in the game. So that's another thing to watch for tomorrow night. Kelly Rudy on Mike Smith's air and control the motion when we get back to Inside Sports. Also, Blue Jays and Yankees in a 1-1 tie. That is in the sixth. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He is powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how's life? Uh, Busy, Um, and busy in a good way. I'm lucky. I'm uh, fortunate. I'm on the uh, Sportsnet panel for the entire duration of the playoffs. And so, uh, as you know, with your Oilers, it started last night. We got off to what I thought was a great start broadcast-wise. Yeah, as often as the case, I saw you but didn't get to hear you a lot because I'm on air watching a game at the same time. But I uh, So is this the stretch where it could be... 50-some consecutive days away from home. Will you get to go back to Calgary at all? Uh, uh, I I don't think I will be able to get back to Calgary. I used to many years ago uh, between rounds. uh, If I try and remember, it used to be there's, let's just say there was a series in uh, round one and it would end, uh, I'm going to just pick a fictitious date, like April 20th. And then uh, they're getting ready to start the second round, but they wouldn't just jam it through. So it wouldn't be like the very next day. So it might start on April 23rd or something. So in those days, many years ago, I used to be able to fly back home for a night or two and then head back here. And, and it really takes away some of the stress that you have being away from home for so, so long. But yes, to answer your question, I checked in on May 1st and I'm checking out May fi- or June 15th. So I'm oh, here wow. for, yeah, quite a stretch. <laughs> okay. Um, now- my wife gets to come in June. There's no use uh, having her come join me for the first two rounds because, like I said, we work all day 
every single day. And so I w wouldn't barely see her. So it's, uh, we've come to the conclusion that it's better just when I might get a little bit of time off where she'll come visit. Okay. Awesome. Well, and I know as we do these throughout the playoffs, we will expect some good restaurant updates and the Rudy diet. I don't that get type of stuff. I won't get a I won't get in a restaurant in for at least a month, right? Oh, geez, that's right. You're, well, you get catering then. Yeah, we get catering, and we're on the air until the very earliest we can get off the air any single night is one a.m. So, as an example, we got off the air just before no one a.m. Uh, yesterday, and then by the time we we have to wrap up, we have to do a hit for the Sportsnet Central show. By the time Kevin Bieksa and I got back to the room, I walked in my hotel room at 1.55 in the morning. So, right. yeah, it's it's not a hard job. It's not like my old job playing where it's physically demanding, but this is mentally challenging, and uh, you just have to be willing to put in long hours like yourself. You know, it, to be a broadcaster, it's, you know, it's not hard work in the sense that physically you're not going to be sweating, but you've got to put in hours and hours and hours of work. Yeah, it's unusual hours. That's how I often yeah. describe it to people. Yeah. Did, did you, so yesterday Sutter gave uh, a clip about 8 p.m. starts. And like last night at Rogers Place, the game didn't start till almost 8.20. Uh, yeah. I know someone from OEG said, you know, we know we're going to sell out the building and have a lot of fan support, but even the, it's it's not ideal for to get families into the game or, or hang out for a long time in Studio 99 after. Though there were people there after, but not yeah. a crowd you might get for a 7 o'clock game or a Friday or Saturday game. As a player, I know we've talked about matinees in the past, but what about yeah. later starting games? Did that disrupt you at all? Not as much. Um, later starts uh, and... Keep in mind, when I started playing junior hockey in Medicine Hat, our game started at home at 8.30 uh, because uh, they wanted to watch, uh, everybody in the hat wanted to watch Hockey Night in Canada. And then when the game was over, then they head down to the arena and watch the Tigers game. And so, you know, there's, uh, now having said that, it's a million years ago, but I sort of, we all have this residual effect of what we've gone through through life, right? So that always kind of stuck with me. I remember many years, and I mean many, many years, while well, as an NHL player on Hockey Night in Canada, the games would start in Toronto at 8.30. So got used to that. And then, strangely, this is an oddity, so this isn't something that was on a regular basis, but I played a New York or a playoff game against the New York Rangers, and uh, because the circus was in town in the afternoon and they had a problem cleaning up everything, the game started at 10.30 Eastern time. Can you imagine that? <laughs> but then I always look at tennis players, like at the U.S. Open, they'll have matches start at 12.30 in the morning, right? Just It just depends how the draw goes and how the matches go. So, you know, athletes, I think, sort of, you can adapt. It's not ideal, but it's just unusual circumstances sometimes. Uh, well, I, I knew the circus disrupted things. I don't know you had a game that started that late. Okay. Yeah. Um, it would have been around uh, 10.30, probably uh, Edmonton time, when the Oilers allowed the game-winning goal last night. Um, you know, Brownie said after the game that there's nothing wrong with Mike Smith's puck handling, but maybe his decision-making. And even though he did make the diving save after the turnover, yeah. the, the puck went in six seconds later. Let's start there because it was the winning goal, though I do think there are other key moments in that game. What did you make of that play and, and how Smith will likely react right. to it? Well, yeah, there were other uh, 
key moments, but that was the defining moment of the game. And I remember as the play was uh, happening and the puck was shot in and I saw Mike Smith and he looked to be in good position. And if you look at the replay, you can see Duncan Keith is in uh, eyesight. And I would assume that Duncan Keith, there's some communication that, hey, over here or now or something. And uh, for whatever reason, Mike Smith chose not to go to the open defenseman to his left. And the the very instant he turned to skates and looked like he is going up ice. I remember I didn't say anything out loud, but I thought to myself, please don't go up the middle. And uh, and as we all know, that's what happened. And as you said, he made a spectacular save. But nonetheless, then everybody's now in shock mode and scramble and trying to uh, defend. And uh, nobody defended well after that for six seconds. But just to, you know, there are there are times when you're playing net, whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs, and you have to go into that room and you have to apologize. Now, I don't suggest it's all that often, but every once in a while, and that one would have been, sorry, guys, that's on me. Uh, and you've got to take ownership of that because that is definitely disheartening for the guys in that room and the guys that had played so well. Um, as Kevin Bjexa and Jennifer and uh, Ron and I talked last night on the panel that it was a pretty evenly played game. Like you could have seen that go either way. And in particular, it tightened up a little bit. Uh, there wasn't a, there weren't a lot of scoring chances in the last uh, period. So I was kind of expecting a, an overtime and probably a long overtime. Um, but, you know, Mike Smith changed out with one bad decision. But that kind of is in his DNA. He, he thinks that play too often. Uh, when it works like that one backhand pass in overtime against San Jose two or three weeks ago, it's, it's brilliant. But unfortunately, that moment of brilliance is uh, in the rearview mirror because the only thing I can think about him playing the puck is last night. And that, that's a shame because that shouldn't have been his choice last night. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. I also thought, and Rob and I talked about it, and then Smith and McDavid alluded to it in their postgame as well. I didn't think the Oilers were good early, and, and I, I do wonder if they were a little too excited. I mean, you got the fans. You know you finished the regular season strong. I, I mean, I, I know play, I know players understand it takes almost two months to win the Stanley Cup, but I wonder if you're so excited you, you almost feel you can go out there and win the series in the first 10 minutes uh, because they, they didn't, I didn't think they managed the game very well early. And we haven't seen that from the Oilers yeah. for quite a while. I would agree with you, and I would agree with your assessment that sometimes like, it's really hard to channel that energy. And I know Al Arbor used to always talk to us about finding a way to chat uh, um, to do that, to channel that energy. Now, it, it, there's no one formula. That's the thing. Like you have 20 guys in that uniform and how everybody channels that energy is different for each individual. So you have to find a way and it takes some time. I, I think for me, it took two or three playoff years to truly understand. And that's having said that, I you know I had some success in minor hockey. I had some, we won the Alberta provincial championships in uh, under 17 um, one in the minors twice, but still when you get to the NHL, it's at a different level and that energy is, is hard to control. And so I think there was a clip and I didn't mark it, but I think there's a moment in the first period with about, I could have the timing wrong, five or six minutes into the first period. And there's a shot of Woodcroft on the bench and he, he looked like he was mouthing the words calm. And, uh, and I thought he was saying that to the bench. Now, 
Uh, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but that's what I thought he said, and that it made a lot of sense to me. All right, before I let you go, uh, Flames stars starting tonight. I, I personally, I think Calgary's a, a heavy favorite. No disrespect to Dallas. Uh, yeah. I, I just think Calgary's got too much in maybe every area. Uh, but, I mean, you watch them closely all season long. How do you, what's a key or two in this series? I'm with you. I think it's Calgary. Uh, I wouldn't want to underestimate uh, Dallas. That top line of Dallas is uh, as good as anybody, but unfortunately they just, they're not getting the scoring depth and that'll just kill you. Their defense is really, really good. Uh, but you need more out of the second, third and fourth lines. Um, and ultimately if you don't get scoring out of those other three lines, you're, you're just not going to win. And I, I think the way the flames can uh, contain a top line uh, will be of importance the one guy that i'm really interested in watching is ottinger though he is a heck of a goaltender i think he's going to be a star in this league and so he may have more of an impact uh how long this series lasts than any other one individual all right we look forward to that kelly i know you're busy we'll let you get back to work here because i i don't consider you coming on this show work for you i think it's a joy uh <laughs> but seriously thanks for checking in man we're gonna have fun talking throughout the postseason you got to read. Have a great night, my friend. Kelly Rooney is powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Inside Sports, live from the Elks locker room. More after the news and weather. 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.